Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number two, fellow monarchs. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. A little bit of a different one for the second episode. We're actually in person, two out of the three of us, that is. I'm sitting here with Freck, Max. Hey, Peter, I'm here. I'm in Jersey. You know, everything is legal in New Jersey, so I got to be careful, but I'm here and I'm just excited to record. We still got Jace holding it down in AZ, in the, in the steamy hot AZ. What's up? Yo, I'm pretty sad I'm not there with you guys. It's kind of a bummer, but, you know, we're talking fantasy football at the end of the day, so I got nothing to complain about. Hey, look, in a couple of years, you'll look back and say, you know what, that $1,000 flight out to Jersey with uh, <laughs> 20 overlays, you know what? It's not that much money. I should have been Yeah, there. no, hey, not at all. Think about not all the all. fantasy he could have been learning about on 20 overlays and 20. Oh, my God. I mean, he right? could have been better than the best of the best i mean we are the best of the best so <laughs> jace yeah, you could I'm have been looking up out. more ways you could have yeah, been I'm looking up more out. ways to fade jamar chase oh i mean the reasons are endless uh starting with tonight which i'm sure we'll get into in a little bit but you know given what they said i guess just don't take anything i have to say um with any substance I, i'm just a loser at this point i guess yeah you just you know what you're just <laughs> the you're the monarch that doesn't do his research i don't know i just rule from afar all right so we're gonna get into it but first i wanted to say thank you for the overwhelming support on episode one it was incredible Mm -hmm. i got complete strangers uh sending me reviews from reddit and 4chan i got some great friends from the dynasty league reaching out a lot of love and support family uh whoever you were that listened you're a part of our new extended family yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned the Dynasty League. We have our own, obviously, the Dynasty Monarchy League. So shout out to those boys out there. But if they're listening and, you know, some of them said they subscribed, you know, send us a trade. We're, we're itching to make some moves. So. <laughs> we're always always itching to make some moves. Uh, but, again, thank you so much. I know Jace appreciates it. Uh, Max mm-hmm. appreciates it. And I really appreciate it. Not as much as the other two, but yeah. the same amount. No. Didn't try no, to. No, no. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to ask again, all of you guys to follow us on Apple pod and, and Spotify. So you can be up to date with the most recent episodes and uh, getting as much advice from us and follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy on Twitter, DM us. We are got a couple of DMS, but we're going to save that for a couple times when we can make that a full segment, when we get enough questions and, stuff like that on Twitter that we can make it a full segment. Yeah. We want to go mm-hmm. into our bag of tricks and get pull out all the <laughs> DMS jokes, whatever you got for us. So keep DMing us. All right. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get into news and notes from around the realm, our reports from around the realm, uh, <laughs> starting with the fifth overall pick and 10th overall pick in this previous draft, kind of putting up dud performances, uh, in week two of the preseason, uh, I'd call them the Butterfinger games because it looks like I'd rather have a 10th round wide receiver at this point with the way that they were catching the ball (laughs) out there. Both of them with three drops. uh, That is Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase. Uh, Are you guys having any concerns for Chase or Smith moving forward with the drops that they showed now? You know, 
I want to defer my first option to Jace because he's a big fade chase guy. So Jace, I'll let you kick us off here with uh, Mr. Chase. Yeah. I mean, it is preseason. So I need to like hold myself back a little bit just because I've been driving this train for so long. Um, and it, you know, as much as I hate to say it, it does feel kind of good to watch Chase drop uh, all three of his targets in the preseason <laughs> game. But, you know, you never want anyone to fail. I'm just, you know, I'm really not behind the hype on him. He hasn't been in the league since um, really early 2020, basically 2019. Um, if you look at the responses on Twitter from the release of the first episode, I did a little bit of explaining on that. And, you know, the reporters have talked about how he's been rusty and how he's like really been trying to integrate himself in the NFL and the struggles that have gone along with that. But along with that too, like watching his routes and stuff like that, he, he truly isn't um, an elite separator and he just really worries me. Uh, there's two awesome options in the offense and Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. And you know, I, I just worry that he's, he's going to lack in volume from Joe Burrow. Um, and if anything, I kind of see him as the deep ball guy on this team. His contested catchability was always like his best trait. And looking at Joe Burrow, I mean, granted it, he, it was his rookie season, but he had a deep ball completion percentage of 20% last year, which ranked uh, 36 overall across the league. Um, shout out to player profiler for their stats. But, you know, if he's going to be the deep ball, uh, the deep ball guy, and Joe Burrow's the one throwing him the deep balls, I, I don't see – a lot of positive correlation between deep ball, uh, Joe Burrow's deep ball uh, completion percentage and um, Jamar Chase's ability on the field. So I'm, I'm really just, I'm, I'm further out on him at this point. Like maybe it's just biased to the preseason, but I have been driving this train all summer long. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my bit on Jamar Chase. And I'll let Max and Peter jump in on Devonta St- uh, Smith, who I'm really not that worried about. Yeah, so I got a couple of questions before we uh, continue on. But, Jace, you say you've been driving the train about how you dislike him and all this stuff. Like, if Mr. Uh, Jamar was riding your train, where would you put him? Would he be in the caboose? Yeah, I don't, he, no, he's watching from the side. He's not allowed on the train. He's not even allowed <laughs> he's on He's not the allowed train. on the train. <laughs> wow. This is sacrilege. This is the 101 in some rookie drafts. Yeah, I mean, yep. so, like, if – so, Jace, let's just – I'm just going to keep asking questions here. And, Peter, you can yeah, chime yeah. in, but – if you had the 101 in a one quarterback draft, I mean, a lot of people say Chase, some people say Najee. I mean, where would you feel comfortable, both of you taking him in a rookie draft? Man, I mean, his ADP in both redraft and dynasty is just so high. And like, I just need to see him prove it to me first. So honestly, he's just, he's truthfully on my do not draft list. And like, I'm calling my shot. I just really, I don't see it happening for him. I, I, I think he's. <laughs> I don't want to call him a flop, but I, I see him more as a flop than um, a success in fantasy football. So he's on my do not draft list. I'm really, unless it's like he's fallen deep into like the fifth round or something like that in a dynasty startup, that's probably the only way I consider it, but he's never going to go that way in a dynasty startup. He's, I've seen him go anywhere from the first round to the third round, and that's just out of my range. I think there's too many good players that have already proven what they can do on the NFL field. So yeah, do not draft list for me. Yeah, in, in the startup leagues, I can understand why a lot of people tend to pass on him. Uh, and I'm being one of those. I'd rather grab T. Higgins for a better value than Chase earlier. But in those redraft leagues, I'm perfectly fine with grabbing him at two or the three spot. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I would rather have Najee and I would rather have Kyle Pitts than than him. Uh, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. Draft. 
especially uh, given positional scarcity. I mean, we know what that looks like with tight ends. And I, I feel like, especially heading into redraft season, we're seeing um, Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller all go in like the first and second round now. So people are starting to like really catch up on what kind of advantage that gives your, your team, especially not in tight end premium. Yeah, uh, to be honest, him I'm a little bit out on, and I'm kind of more out on him due to relative ADP than Smith. I feel like Smith is going to get the volume. It's going to be him and whatever tight end getting the volume that they need. So I think they'll be fine whenever. Uh, right. Not yeah, going uh, Devonta will be fine whenever he gets drafted at that ADP. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- we have to remember it is still preseason. I mean, they, you have Joe Burrow's not even throwing in the ball, and I get all these reports. And like we talked about before, I mean, it's preseason. These guys, they're going against second stringers, so I get he should be doing better. But at the end of the day, we have to relax a little bit, pump the brakes, Jace. Your train's going a little too fast for me. And hey, we'll, we'll get we'll Jamar on. We'll get Devonta Smith on the train. So they can hop on the caboose for now, and we'll move them up as they go. They're on the caboose. (laughs) That's where they belong right now, according to Jace. So, all right, our next our next talking point, the next uh, note that we received from a different kingdom, is out in San Francisco, uh, where there's a wealth of options for the young quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. For now, oh no, Jimmy's Uh, not young. I almost slipped. (laughs) I almost slipped and said the other quarterback that everybody wants to talk about. You probably should, Mr. Trey. Trey Lance. Oh. oh, I can't say it too much, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're going to talk about Debo uh, and Debo is dealing with a tight glute. The, that is a new injury that I have never heard of. Uh, and it is, <laughs> it's too funny not to laugh at, but he's dealing with a tight glute from the guy who always finds a way to be injured uh, in some funky, unreasonable way. Uh, so at what point do you two, think that you're the most 100% all the way, not boarding the train, not on the caboose with Devo Samuel? I mean, I feel like it's pretty hard for Jace to put anyone on the caboose nowadays. I mean, he barely <laughs> let Jamar on the show. We had to convince him to give Ooh. Mr. Chase a ticket. and uh, Mr. Oh, He's getting no meal. He's getting no I'm pack and peanuts either. They're no the peanuts. scooping the coal to get the train <laughs> keep going. but I'm not convinced. He's he's calling an Uber from the train stop. He's not allowed oh. on my train. <laughs> his, his ticket's invalid. But He'll sneak on the back. He'll, like, jump on the back. Yo, no, like, T. Higgins won't let that happen. Polar Express. <laughs> yeah. But um, overrated Christmas movie. No, no, but. Polar Express is a great movie. I mean, we, we could talk about movies all day. I Polar Express is probably my favorite, but well, that's a different topic. But uh, Debo Samuel, I mean, I feel like Peter, you have this uh, preconceived notion that uh, the 49ers are just always hurt, you know. Ugh. George Kittle, you talk about how he's always hurt and he's only missed like eight games in like four years or something like that. Uh, I'll wear that one with pride. I was wrong, you were wrong there. And Debo, I mean, he's been in the league for two years. The first year he played 15 out of 16 games, and then last year he played seven out of 16. So he's only missed eight games as well over two years. And I get that's 25% of his young career, but. I get he's had injuries, but you got to pump the brakes again. I mean, let Debo on the train. You move him up a card or two. I mean, I think he's one of those gadget guys that can just make plays wherever you need him. And in that kind of offense with those weapons, I think he's going to be a tremendous value. Yeah, I feel somewhat along the – I'm somewhat along the same lines as you. I do worry, though, with his injury history. I mean, I've heard lots of people – I haven't done the research myself, but I've heard lots of people talking about how it's gone – all the way back to high school and you know you never want to like really 
put it down on paper that someone's injury prone because most injuries are relatively fluky and stuff like that. But I don't know his injury history aside, like you got Ayuk stepping into his year two and you don't have any injury worries about him and Kittle, you know, uh, we were talking about in the last podcast, how he's not as injury prone as people may think. Um, I just really worry about him just becoming a true gadget guy um, with a low a dot and just um, all of his ability relying on yards after the catch, um, like a running, uh, basically like a running back. So I just really worry about him becoming the third option in a team that really wants to ground and pound. So, you know, when he is on the field, he is explosive, but I just don't know how valuable that's going to be to your team when, you know, he might be missing time and two, he's a third option um, in a team that wants to ground and pound and run it into the end zone rather than throw it. So I'm a hundred percent with you, Jace. I look at guys, wide receivers that are being drafted relative to his ADP. So you see guys in dynasty, like Henry Ruggs, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Bateman, and all those guys, like Ruggs is 22, Lockett's 28, but he's completely proven if you're win now. Chark's 24 with a brand new quarterback. Cortland Sutton is a mystery box. What are you going to get? Are you going to get like a top 12 guy? Oh, top 12, top six, Peter. Ugh. No, no, but way. seriously, Sutton, Sutton at what he has shown to put up has really high upside. It, like his ceiling is through the roof if he can figure out a quarterback situation. Obviously, 12 is a little too high, but that's his absolute ceiling. Uh, but then you have Bateman, who's 21, all these other guys. And I feel like the book's completely out on Debo at being the third option on an offense. And not only is he like the third receiving option, he's not even like the third option to touch the ball because of right. all those running backs. Right. So how many targets or how many, how many times is he actually going to touch the ball, especially with the uh, reassurance and, steady hands that Brandon Ayuk showed in his absence last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. He's just, I, f- I feel like he's just, his whole career is going to be based off of efficiency. Whereas in fantasy football, for the most part, you just want to chase volume. And I, I just don't think he's ever going to receive the true volume um, that it takes for him to be what he's being drafted to be. And just like kind of um, the thoughts surrounding him in public opinion. So I, I don't know. I just, you can't, I just can't bank off of efficiency for the most part. I'm chasing volume, and I think Ayuk and Kittle are the best bets in that offense to receive the most targets um, and the most important targets, um, just the average depth of target. Debo's, like, I'm pretty sure his is around two. Like, come on, that's like a running back. So I don't know. I don't know how high value his snaps are actually going to be. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, Jace. He just – if you're if you have him on your team and you know some guy loves the 49ers in your league or you know some guys just obsessed with Debo because there are some of those guys out there. We we can name drop one. I mean, we th- could name drop one. A- Alex uh, Mickey Mouse Ring Whiteman. He loves Debo Samuel, and yep. I think he'd rather have Debo Samuel over. I mean, definitely all those guys you named. He might probably even, over Ayuk. Probably oh, definitely over Ayuk. Yikes! Oh my lord. Oh yeah, he he's he just like, loves him. He might be Debo's like. Number one friend. I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah, no, I actually he... traded Debo to Whiteman in our league. I just traded him for a couple seconds, to be honest. Um, if that shows how out I am on him, but uh, to each you their own. Got man, more. Like, you you, you could have got more for sure. You could have gotten a nice, a nice uh, castle, crop of land. Yeah, uh, yeah. you could have gotten uh, a couple fatted calves too. I, I guess that just 
comes with ruling from afar. Like I said earlier, man, I guess I'm just not as in tune to the realm as I, I should be, but you know, I'll take my two seconds. I'm really just worried about what he's actually going to be able to produce over the course of his career. So we'll see. Yeah. But no, seriously, because there are some people out there that have a rational love for certain players. Uh, Max sitting next to me loves Odell Beckham. Well, used to. No, until, I, I still do love Odell. But um, not that but much. I do <laughs> profound love, such as Antonio Gibson, DK Metcalf. I love George Kittle. So, Mr. Pitts. Mr. Pitts is climbing the rankings for me, yes. Uh, but if you have those guys, just pull on their heartstrings a little bit and pull that extra uh, little bit out and try to get a better deal than you already have. For sure. Uh, but with that, it's going to wrap up our our uh, reports from around the realm section. And we're going to move into what today's episode is about. We have our consensus running back rankings for startup drafts. Half point PPR. Half point PPR redraft. Not redraft. Uh, dynasty draft. That's my bad. And we are going to start with the number one overall pick in any of our drafts. Uh, He's out of Carolina, great running back, catches the ball a ton. It's Christian McCaffrey, all of our number ones. Yeah, I mean, I'll kick us off here. I think us and everyone around the fantasy community has Christian McCaffrey as number one. And, I mean, there's really no question about it. When he played and when he was healthy last year, he was putting up 30, 25 points a game. And, like, if you have the opportunity to take Christian McCaffrey at number one, you can go really any direction you want with your next couple picks because McCaffrey can support not only an RB one numbers, but also RB two numbers. I mean, you could grab McCaffrey number one and then not take another running back until my boy Ramondre Stevenson, if you wanted to, and still be <laughs> completely fine with it. So I think McCaffrey, he's 25 and I get running backs fall off 25, 26 ish, but he's on that second contract. They got Sam Darnold, a lot of weapons there. He's going to get his targets. I can't wait to see what he does this year. I'll pass it to you, Jace. Yeah, so the the biggest thing that I like to bring up about McCaffrey, he's just such a cheat code um, because – He's like a Madden code. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gets the rushing volume every year, just like any old running back. But his last three years, um, other than 2020, so 2019, 2018, 2017 – he is well over a hundred targets in the receiving game. And that's just like, you know, you, you search your whole drafts to find wide receivers that see that many targets. Um, in 2019, he topped out at 142 targets. Like uh, your, your, your favorite wide receiver is struggling to see that many targets. So he's just an absolute Konami code. You know, he's does it between the tackles. He does it in the receiving game, like his touchdown outside it's just through the roof. So I have nothing to bicker about with Christian McCaffrey. You got to take him at the one-on-one. Yeah. I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. It's literally the easiest brain dead first overall pick, but a lot of people are scared. Oh, he's gotten injured last year. Let me tell you this. He had 27 and 22 in his first two games uh, where he got hurt about halfway through the second game in Tampa, a little bit more than halfway. Then he goes to Kansas City. Uh, this is like eight weeks later. Six weeks later. Okay. Seven weeks later. Goes to Kansas City. Plays 70% of the game. 70% of snaps. Gets injured during that same game and puts up 32 fantasy points. And it was a non-important injury. They just shut McCaffrey down for the rest of the year because they didn't want it to be too, too bad. So let me ask you a question real quick before we move on to our next guy at number two here. 
Um, you're a Sam Darm fan. You fought him through New York. Does he like to throw the running back, or what is that going to be like there? Uh, I think he's going to be pleasantly surprised at a more clean pocket. I wouldn't say it's it's not a it's not dinner at a fancy restaurant. It's not table first napkin. class cabin on our train. No, it's uh, it's it's <laughs> and it's not buffalo wing napkin bag. So he's not in the back with Chase and Smith, right? No, but that that line is going to be better than he saw in New York now better you know anything's better than zero but still he tended to dump it down at not the best rate which is a little bit alarming but again he never had a Christian McCaffrey he had he never, Michael P Ryan he had Michael P Ryan and old man Frank Gore don't forget Ty Johnson he's and getting, Ty Johnson he's getting first team reps nowadays <laughs> he is he's getting first team hey, reps on the Jets if Ty Johnson's listening no harm we love all. Dude, yeah, no, Ty, Ty's a beast. High key, uh, not from a dynasty perspective, just from a uh, Jet fan Jet fan perspective. He's cool. But, no, it, it's really a brain-dead pick. While Darnold doesn't seem to throw to the running back a lot, he just never had the talent around him. And it always he's, he's the kind of guy who's going to try to make a play. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think in Carolina he's going to find this new sense of relief, just being able to dump the ball off to McCaffrey and have him run for 15 yards and get a first down instead of having to do it all himself. Uh, so that's Christian McCaffrey at the 101, and we're getting Jonathan Taylor at number two. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, 22 years old. He's tied to, I'd probably say, the second-best offensive line in football behind the Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns, that's right, Peter. That's um, right. But if you have Jonathan Taylor – I mean, I had to take him out. There's really an argument to be made at one if you really wanted to. Um, I mean, you said I was a brain dead pick at one. But, like, honestly, Jonathan Taylor, 22 years old. We saw what he did the second half of the season last year and the numbers he was putting up. Imagine that with a full offseason because he didn't really get that last year with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the only concern that I personally have about Jonathan Taylor is Carson Wentz and his injury and also Quentin Nelson and his injury. But from a long-term perspective, um, Jason, I'll let you touch on Naheem Hines and stuff coming up. But I love Jonathan Taylor, and he's – I mean, if you want to take him at 101, I have no issue. Peter might have an issue with that. I'm not going to have an issue. Jace, tell us a little bit about Naheem Hines, though. Yeah, so um, Naheem Hines, that is. Nam. Nam, Nam Hines. <laughs> <laughs> well, people talk about how prevalent he was down the stretch last year, and yes, that is the case. But I was looking at his contract situation, and he is an unrestricted free agent starting in 2022. Um, so I think what that tells me is, one, Hines could be just on the move, and the whole receiving game is left to Jonathan Taylor. Or two, you know, he might stick or whatever, but you really want to, you would like to see the Colts fully unlock Jonathan Taylor because he, he has proven himself proficient in the passing game. So either way, you know, Naheem Hines, one foot out the door. I, I'm just really, that's what people use as the main argument against him in Dynasty. And I just really don't see it. Like, I think you just, um, you base your decision on him being the two or the 102 off of his ability and what he's shown to do. And, you know, once Naheem's out or phased out of the offense, um, you know, I think he's just going to be the next big guy that gets, you know, that Christian McCaffrey type workload, maybe not the same, but a lot of targets, a lot of rushes, good offense, got good offensive line. We, we've yet to see what Carson Wentz can do, but I, I don't know. I, I think the, the sky is, you know, the limit for him. And he's such a young dude, 22 years old, like, come on such a great dynasty asset such a great asset and you know you touched on nom nom hines um where i want to bring up a little <laughs> side question here but 
if you guys were to go eat with Nanam Hines, uh, where would you go take him? I mean, I think he's hungry. So where are we going? Dude, anywhere that he can take somebody else's food, because that's all he does to JT. <laughs> he just takes that man's food. Yeah. yeah. So where's I, he I going? Say, that's yeah, like I'm a thinking... buffet where he eats like oh, all yeah. of the buffet food. <laughs> like a golden corral or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Style. Like, a, like a Chinese buffet. Oh. Yeah, COVID, COVID kind of killed them, but yeah. if you can find a good one, you'll be loyal forever. Nom Nom Heinz, I like that. Nom yeah, Nom Nom Heinz in the Chinese buffet. That's what we're about here. And then one more thing before I let Peter chime in here. You think about their schedule. I mean, they played Houston twice. I'm No offense to Houston or their fans. All, all offense to Houston, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're trash. Um, dog. <laughs> and then they play Tennessee twice. Who's They have a good team. And then Jacksonville, who's more on the up and up. So it's a really easy division, a great offensive line, and – there's really no wide receiver targets or any competition. So he's really the only guy you got there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love JT representing the uh, Big Ten. Huge uh, Big Ten guy, aren't you? Dude, are you rah-rah? That's right. <laughs> we, were, we were at Rutgers today. The Scarlet Knights need to update their bookstore. If any listeners are from the uh, New Jersey area, please let me know, especially the Central Jersey area. It does exist. Uh, but, no, I'm a huge fan of JT. I've tried to get him in every league. Uh, my only problem, uh, you know how they say, like, the only problem is that you didn't buy more. My only problem is that I didn't get them, and now every single owner has an irrational love love for him mm-hmm. that is outstanding. It, it is, it is, I wish I loved something as much as those, those people love Jonathan Taylor. It's crazy. Like, I literally offered – sorry to cut you off here. But no, go for it. I offered Mike Gusecki, J.K. Dobbings, Debo Samuel, and two first-round picks for him. And even though we're not huge on Debo Samuel, I still feel like it's a huge overpay. And I was willing to do it just to get my guy. And the guy's like, no, sorry, I can't do it. And I was like, you know, man, oh, well. I mean, hey. I know Peter. I've tried with other people. Uh, Nick C, if you're listening, I really still do want him. Yeah, Nick C, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm here too. I mean, I think we'll all take him. So, Nick C, wherever you can get him, you give him to me. I'll give you a good deal. And Nam Nam Hines goes away. Yeah. Nom Nom Hines, he's got to get out of there. Uh, sure. So moving off of JT, we have our consensus RB3 ranking uh, of Dalvin Cook. Uh, Mr. Cook, I, if you guys don't mind, I'll start off here. I've Go had ahead. him the last couple years in redraft. And while he does get hurt, that's the big knock on him that he does get hurt. Every running back gets hurt. Anyone Every- could get hurt. Mm-hmm. Plus that anybody could get hurt. It's almost inevitable that that Cook is going to miss like four or five games in a season. I can completely understand that. But the games that he does play, he is incredible. He puts up mm-hmm. McCaffrey-esque numbers mm-hmm. all of those games. I am perfectly fine with grabbing him in that offense because, to be honest, they have an aging Adam Thielen. They have Jay Jeff, who's really good. And then they have no other pieces on that offense. It's not like they have like Alexander Madison, who's going to really compete with cook cook's gonna be right. out there for all three downs maybe madison comes in for like a, a series here or there but he's just an absolute workhorse puts up touchdowns like it's nobody's business too yeah i mean i think when you look at cook and you look at his fantasy stats from last year the man literally had 47 points in one game and the mm-hmm. opportunities we all were big about opportunity here Dude, i mean he's getting 27 17 30 22 30 27 18 32 22 24 i mean he's getting really good carries per game and then he gets looks in the past game i mean he's getting like five targets a game so i mean you look at him i love what he has to bring to offer offer to the table or to the train if you want to say 
but I mean, the all age, aboard, all aboard Alvin <laughs> Cook. But the age to me is just like one of the big like downfalls. I look at 26 and I just I cringe inside. Like I see <laughs> mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's 27, I see Zeke's 26, I see Cook's 26, and yeah, these guys are elite. But the question is, how long will they be elite? So that's why like I love Jonathan Taylor a little more than others. Christian McCaffrey's 25. He's not to that gross age yet. So I still like him, but Jace, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to say last year in games that like he did not, he didn't miss any time. Um, his lowest uh, scoring game in half PPR was 8.2 points. And even in that game, he saw 22 touches between rushing work and passing volume. So I don't know. That's his lowest game, and he still had a workload that you. I mean, most people would like love for their uh, RB two or R, I mean, low end RB one to grab. So, uh, just at the end of the day, like he is a beast. He's super safe. He provides a really stable floor, and at the same time, he gives you that weekly upside um, for a ceiling play. So, I have nothing to dispute with Dalvin Cook. Uh, one thing I will say too is that I'm kind of thinking about too is we we end up talking a lot about kind of heading into the the next season um, while we're talking about dynasty and Dalvin cook. Yeah. He's 26. Sure. That's a bummer. But at the end of the day, when you're in the middle of the season, you have Dalvin cook on your team. If he doesn't fit your team context and you're trying to rebuild, I guarantee that another contender within the league will overpay for Dalvin cook just to lock him up on their squad while they're chasing a championship. So you know, Absolutely. You, you really need to take a look at where these players are going heading into this this upcoming season and see if there's potential for them to increase their value. Because, you know, guys like Derrick Henry and stuff like that, these older guys, um, these older backs, especially, you know, their dynasty outlook in the offseason is not so great because they're not doing anything on the field and fantasy points aren't being scored. So once those points start, you know, showing up on your sleeper app or whatever you play on, I mean, the value is really going to increase for these guys um, for the right team. So I think it's really important to highlight what these guys are going to look like heading into the upcoming season and, and just see if you can um, identify the right guys to sell high on giving your team context. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything more to say on, on cook. He's another one of those guys where even if you reach on him and the reach is one Oh two, you're happy. You're a happy camper walking out of the draft. Uh, so that moves to our third Third back, the fourth back, fourth back. Fourth back. Sorry, on. I'm learning how to count still. Count, <laughs> spell. I'm going to be an accountant. I'm still trying to learn how to count. This is a bad day. I got to sit for my exam in like less than two weeks. Well, so. Let's just hope they're not listening. Let's hope, yeah, let's hope the CPA board's not listening. Uh, so <laughs> next up, we have Super Alvin Camario. Super Alvin Kamara. He is probably my favorite back in the league. He's just so electric to watch. He is going to catch a million balls. And if you're in a PPR league, I would probably think to draft him a little bit higher than 104. Oh yeah. This I mean, is going to be the year. For a him. PPR ahead, dynasty, Yeah. PPR dynasty league. I mean, this guy, I mean, again, he's at that gross number of 26, which I don't like personally, but you know, some might like, and if you're chasing the title this year, please go out and acquire this man. I mean, Michael Thomas is out. You got Traquan Smith battling an injury. Their number one receiver is Callaway right now, who's looked good. And then you got Adam Troutman, who's supposed to be this next big thing, but he hasn't done much. They don't have many players. Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray could barely, he might get caught, apparently. What? Yeah. That's what I'm hearing too. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. big news. I, I think Tony Jones or whatever his name might be the guy. So 
if you're out there and Kamara's, I mean, he's not going to be cheap, but I don't know. I think he's got high upside. What percent? Sure. What percent of Saints fans do you think knows who the number one wide receiver on the team is right now? I, I would say none. I don't think. I mean, no. From my but, perspective, the wide receiver. I mean, yeah, the wide receiver is tricky in itself because. Michael Thomas is going to come back and you, I mean, you'd like to guess that he's going to be the number one guy, but for now it's just a hodgepodge of guys. So you're only left with Alvin Kamara who's proven himself as a great pass catcher. So I think everyone basically knows who the number one target's going to be, but I don't think anyone has any clue who like the number one wide receiver is going to be until Michael Thomas comes back. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have a question for you guys just like real quick while we're still on Kamara here. Um, would you guys like, do you think it benefits him if Taysom Hill's the quarterback or if Jameis is the quarterback more? Famous Jameis. Crab legs himself. Why? Because I feel like Taysom, Taysom doesn't dump it off. He just uh, runs the ball. He runs the ball. And uh, I can't remember the exact games, but the games that Taysom was in, I feel like there was a drop in production. I could be completely wrong. Uh, I need to do better on looking up my stats for that. But I remember send you both send me to the brig. Oh no, you don't want to be there. Put me flay me and put me to the brig for not knowing my stats. (laughs) That's where Chase is. You don't want to be that's where Chase is. Yeah. Oh, he's got the manacles on. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, he gone. He gone. He's begging for water. Uh but (laughs) uh but in the games where uh Taysom was there, I think he got less work. Uh a hundred percent like a lot less work. So I would rather it be Jameis, but at the end of the day, I think Sean Payton is going to understand he still needs to have his best playmakers on the field. And when all those playmakers are either hurt or crying like little babies, like Michael Thomas, then his production is definitely going to go up. But what if Michael Thomas is listening? (sighs) Michael, I'm sorry. But then he's going to turn it off. Well, then he didn't hear my apology and it was useless. That's true. (laughs) Moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, Jace, you have anything left on Kamara? Yeah, I will say he is locked in until through 2025. He becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2026. Um, yeah, when he's 40. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I mean, he'll be 30 in 2025. But I don't know, man, just like with the way they've built their team and stuff, like I can't see how he wouldn't be the focal point of the offense, especially – it's different how it materializes on the field and like what we're seeing in the media and stuff. But Michael Thomas really does seem like he's falling out with that staff. And I know I saw a blurb that they've made peace, but I, you can't, you know, help but hold back some feelings that maybe there's some resentment there. And I, I don't know how much that necessarily means towards fantasy, but I don't know. Kamara is just their number one option he, uh, just in offense in general. So I think I give Sean Payton a lot of credit as a coach, as we all should. Um, I think he's going to be smart and realize, you know, we got this guy. He's gifted with this special talent. We got to feed him the rock however we can. So I think he's just going to be a volume beast. Um, and in, especially in PPR leagues, I mean, he's just going to be phenomenal. He's basically going to be a wide receiver for them, I think. Yeah. The Michael Thomas thing is it's, I kind of relate it to like an ex-girlfriend where you, where you kind of get back <laughs> with your ex-girlfriend where that you always just know in the back of your mind, something happened at one point and can it happen again, even though you've made up, even though you right. love each other still or whatever, whatever you tell each other. Right. That there's just always that little bit in the back. This just sounds personal. Uh, maybe it is. Are you okay? We're expanding on my girlfriend talk from yeah, last time. Yeah. <laughs> listeners, oh, I'm sorry for that. This is a new weekly yeah. drama. My, my uh, dating life. Yeah. Uh, but 
moving off of uh, Alvin, uh, we're moving to our number five pick who seemed to have slipped a little bit, a little fall from grace over the last year. Uh, in a lot of leagues, he is the 101 uh, before the season, 101 or 102 locked in. It's Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants. Uh, Max, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, I mean, we have him at five where uh, I think I can speak uh, for all of us when I say we're not the biggest fan of the offensive line there. And when you really think about it, he's 24. So I like the number 24. I don't like the number 26, but he's only 24. He had a full year of like rest and I get it was an ACL. I mean, Peter, I know you're ACL. You're clenching your knee, but it's better than an Achilles. And I mean, Saquon's one of those athletes coming out of college that were just like, wow, like this guy's actually, I mean, his quads, his legs, his athleticism, what he did at Penn state. So like, I don't really worry about that. He gets a full year of rest on a team that, I mean, I think they're going to be grounding and pounding it. You have all those wide receiver there, but Kenny G's hurt. Darius Slayton hasn't done anything since anything. And I mean, you got Dude. Sterling Shepard's getting in fights with Browns players at camp. Good. Um, a little it, chippy. Get chippy. But like we were talking about Saquon here and it's like, he's 24, basically in the league for two, three years however you want to say it with the ACL. I think the sky's the limit for him. If he can come back healthy, I really think, I mean, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL at one point, and now we're talking about him higher. So I love Saquon for this year and moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe this year he might, in, in redraft especially, he might start out of the gates kind of slow. But as a dynasty prospect, you know, if he does start slow this year, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier about how important the upcoming season is. I think that provides such a good buy low window on him. And I know one of the biggest arguments against Saquon has been his receiving volume with Daniel Jones. So um, I just sat down and took a peek at that in 2019 in Daniel Jones's rookie year, he stepped in to start in week three. And if you look at Saquon's totals um, over 2019, let me pull it up real quick the man really didn't have that much of a dip in receiving volume. Um, he was banged up to start week three or got hurt in that game. He only played 37% of the snaps, but Daniel Jones played that entire year. And let me just read some of his receiving totals. So starting in week seven, Daniel Jones under center. So, so he had five targets that um, in week seven in week eight, 10 targets in week nine, eight targets in week 10, five more targets. Um, and the, the list goes on and on. Like he keeps, he, his receiving production, I don't think, all the hoo-ha about Daniel Jones being there is really all of that. I think Saquon demands targets because of the athlete he is. And just in between the tackles, I know that line might, might not be gifted, but he's such a special talent and they're going to feed him the ball. So I'm chasing the volume there. Um, he is 24 years old. Like you said, that is, you know, one of everyone's main arguments for Josh Jacobs still being relevant in dynasty is that he's 24 years old. You know, I, I, this is a completely different beast. Saquon was, I mean, a much more highly touted prospect than, than Josh Jacobs. So I, I'm all in on Saquon as a dynasty aspect or, or from a dynasty aspect and heading into redraft, you know, yeah, he might start slow, but uh, I mean, the, the, the dude's so elite and I just can't help myself, but to bank on him producing. Yeah. Real quick before I pass the mic to Peter here, he's also playing for a contract. He got drafted three years ago. So he's due for another contract extension, whether it's with the giants or someone else. So I think he's going to come out playing strong. I agree. Yeah, I can see that. My, my biggest problem is with not him, but his knee 
and yeah. not with him again, but it's also with the Giants offensive line uh, being ranked one of the bottom, I believe it's four from po- pro football focus. And just from watching the starters against the Jets this past weekend, and I know it's it's just preseason, but those guys got demolished by the Jets mm-hmm. D-line. And the Jets D-line is very good. But now they're missing Carl Lawson, so yes. it just got worse. Rip, I know. My yeah, one thing I want to bring up about, you know, your concern for an ACL, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL in 2017, and, you know, we just talked about him as our number two overall dynasty aspect. So I think, you know, the science and recovery behind ACLs now is so advanced that, I'm like ACLs just really aren't that worrisome to me. Like when they pop up, it, it stinks because you're going to miss out an entire year. But I really think these guys, uh, given the science and um, the improvement and recovery, I, I just, I, I don't really worry about it that much as a recurrent injury or something to hold people back. So that's just one counterpoint I wanted to bring up. My, my, my only problem with worrying about it is there's, it's not like we see a lot of promise. I feel like the giants and I, I'm not trying to bother any giants fans, over the last like five years, they've just become this terribly run organization with terrible hires from Dave Gettleman. And it all starts from the top uh, with letting Mm. him stay in power. But when you look at the people that are reporting the injury, they're always like, Oh, Saquon will be ready when he's ready. Oh, Saquon is this Saquon is that they really don't provide a lot of meaningful updates on his injury, which Mm -hmm. is the problem. You know, he'll be at camp when he's ready. What does that mean? How far along is he in the injury? How far is X, Y, and Z going? Is he making cuts? Is what is he really doing? The only time that we get to see anything that he does or hear anything that he does is from his Instagram account. When he posts some fancy video of him, (laughs) like running through cones and I can mm-hmm. get excited for and five seconds. More, and the, the yogurt commercial that he has, which is pretty good. More times than not, I feel like his videos are in black and white too. So like Dude. he's trying to get that Ranch. aesthetic going. But I mean, Peter, <laughs> you gotta you gotta chill. You 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 bash Michael Thomas. Now you're bashing Giants fans. We're gonna have no fans by the end of this. Yeah. Maybe I'll just be that resident hater. Yeah, just hate on everyone's fan base other than Jets. I think Giants fans will even agree that well, you know, we're not here to talk front office, but Gettleman has kind of messed things up more than he's helped uh, over the last couple of years. But you know what? I hope that they prove me wrong. They're like a stalwart of the NFL, the giants and the NFL is more fun when the giants are good. It's like, yep. like the Cowboys It's more fun when the Cowboys are good. Cause they're going to get those primetime games. We them boys, bro. Yeah. So one final thing you, you brought up the Cowboys there and that goes along perfectly what I'm saying. And also kind of along with what you're saying about the administration, hiring the wrong people and making the wrong moves. People really, you know, dislike Jason Garrett and the offense that he runs and how outdated it is. But um, at the same time, Jace, Jace, it's Coach yes. Garrett to you. Oh yes, I'm so sorry, Coach. It's Garrett, Coach Garrett. Make sure you say that. He'll right, get upset. Right, yeah. Right, right. So we'll, we'll tally that on another strike for Mr. Garrett right there. Just you <laughs> to know, the brig, buddy. To the brig. we don't need that. Yeah, you can earn Coach Garrett. Actually, in my opinion, <laughs> got to go win some game, some playoff games. But you know, Jason Garrett, his system might be outdated, but we saw for many years in Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott was the prime focus of the offense. So now Saquon is, you know, taking Zeke's position um, from the transfer from Garrett's transfer from Dallas to New York. So I don't know. I just think they're really going to feed him. And yeah, like I said earlier, he might start slow, but I think his prospects are really looking up. So I'm really in on Saquon. I know I had him at like the two spot in our dynasty rankings over the summer. I've dropped quite a bit. Uh, I mean, not really. I haven't met four, but I've dropped him down the list a little bit. And, you know, 
he's a bit of a longer play just because of the, the slow start to the season that a lot of people are projecting, but such an elite athlete, such a great draft pick back in the day. And I just can't help but believe in him. At number six, moving forward, we have a homer pick for one Mr. <laughs> Browns fan here, Nick Chubb. You, you call it a homer pick, but like when you think about it, I mean, the man's a machine. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, he missed four games last year, but Nick Chubb is one of the hardest workers I know in the end. I don't know many people, but Nick Chubb, I mean, that man works. You know him? You guys are buddies? First yeah, name? Nicholas Jamal Chubb. So, <laughs> do, you, is it, do you actually know his full name? Yeah. He's, oh, you guys must be boys. We're boys like Alex Whiteman and Debo Samuel are. So, <laughs> but I mean, Nick Chubb, he's not a flashy guy. He's not going to go out there and make one-handed catches and do all kinds of moves. Nick Chubb will run downfield. He'll run you over. He'll stiff arm you. And he's going to get in that end zone. And when you have a offense like Kevin Stefanski runs, they want to run him the ball. And yes, mm-hmm. I know we have all this stuff about Kareem Hunt and all this stuff. Well, imagine if Kareem Hunt was to go down, what would Nick totally. Chubb's value be? I mean, Nick Chubb, again, he's a little older. He's 25. So just got the bag. He just got the bag and th- three, so four years left. And by that time, he'll probably be out of the league. But four years left on a deal on an offense where you're going to be the focal point. I love that. I think Nick Chubb, Nicholas Jamal Chubb is a hard worker. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Yes. I'm going (laughs) to double check that while Jace is talking, but I am, I can, Nick Chubb will jump right to the front of the train. If it's not Jamal, if it's not Nicholas Jamal Chubb, then I think we need to put you to the caboose. Oh, I'm a hundred percent calling the caboose. (laughs) So, I mean, if it's not, but it is Nicholas Jamal Chubb. So he was born on December 27th, 1995. You get brownie points. Brownie points, bonus points. I'm driving the train now. Fade chase. Hey, let's go. I love that. But, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, one thing I'm looking at right now in pro football reference is his, or his rush attempts total over the past three years. And if you look back and remember, too, at South Carolina, I believe he tore his ACL um, relatively late in his career there at uh, South Carolina. I'm not saying that wrong, am I? That's where he went, right? He went to Georgia. Um, the oh, dogs. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Excuse me, another Southern school there. But so I remember him going down late in his career, and that's why all the Sony Michelle hype took off heading into the NFL draft. But in his time in the NFL, um, his rookie season, he only had 192 rushing yards. In 2019 was his heaviest year in the rushing uh, attempt Um criteria and he had 298 uh, rushes that year and last year only had 190 because we all remember him going down with an injury so you know he is an older guy entered the league at age 23 which you know you don't necessarily like to see but he really doesn't have that much wear on his tires so I'm really excited about him for all the reasons Max said he is the focal point of the offense on a team that just wants to rush and rush and rush and if Baker doesn't have to throw the ball you know more than 15 times a game they're pretty thrilled with it. So they're going to do what they can with him and really run those tires down. So I'm real as a dynasty prospect, you know, there's not too many guys that give you immediate 10 touchdown upside, but given that offense and Stefanski and what he turned Alvin cook into in his time in Minnesota, I know Kareem's going to be there to spell the passing game, but I don't know, man. I think the efficiency, like I said earlier, I don't really want to be chasing efficiency, but he does get the work too. Um, I think the, the combination of volume and efficiency really just speaks to how highly we have him ranked. So I'm, I'm really big on Nick Chubb 
um, especially, you know, it depends on your format a little bit. We're a little bit lower in PPR, but half point and standard, I'm, I'm all in on the man and uh, what he what he can bring to the, your fantasy team's table. Yeah, Nick Chubb's great. Uh, I'm not even going to try to compete with the analysis that both of you went on. You know, Max talking about his middle name and you <laughs> quoting all these stats, Jace. How can I how can I ever compete with that? But no, it's just two seconds. Chubb's great, and he's going to get the workload. They're going to run the football, best offensive line in football. It's and it's they, pretty they have easy. An easy schedule too. They have a very easy schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, real quick, his nickname's Batman. Which I know he you is, like that. He's the Dark Knight. Is Kareem is Kareem Hunt Robin? Yes. <laughs> we just. I don't know how Kareem much Hunt Kareem would like that. To be honest, Kareem Ooh. Kareem loves himself. So I don't know how it's, much he it's likes more to be like Robin. Uh, he might want to be a Batman and Superman. Superhero. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. He might want to be another elite, you know, superhero out there. Um, um, yeah. So moving forward, we got our running back seven. Running back seven now. Now, I'm going to quote these stats really quick. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. five weeks, and you tell me what player recorded it. Like, off the top of your head, 22, 22, 17, 20, 23. Were those total fantasy points? Total fantasy points in half-point PPR. I can't play Jace because I'm looking at his phone right now, and I know who the player is, but just think of uh, where everything is bigger. Every, so I'm definitely thinking in, in Texas. So uh, I'm guessing we're talking David about Johnson. Zeke here. No, no, no way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. David Johnson, 2018. One year. One year wonder. Right, right, uh, right. No, but Zeke, Zeke is put – he put up Christian McCaffrey-esque numbers his first mm-hmm. five weeks with Dak, and then uh, the whole world – Got shocked when Dak got hurt. I think Zeke's got a little bit left in the tank. I don't know if it's the hard knocks bias. I don't know if it's the septum piercing bias. I don't. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I just. I got. I love Zeke everywhere I go. He is getting a little older, which is scary for Dynasty, but I think he's going to have an incredible year this year. Yeah, I mean Zeke is my boy, and he's my boy on one day of the year, and that day this year is Thursday, November twenty fifth, when he plays the Raiders on Thanksgiving. The Raiders, um, he's gonna gobble them up. Their defense stinks. Okay. Well, I'll have to go acquire him before that. And uh, whenever Zeke plays on Thanksgiving, I really try to get him as many leagues as possible, just because one, I love Thanksgiving, and two, I love watching Zeke jump in that bucket, the red bucket. The that hasn't happened in a couple of years. Well, the, the the NFL has turned into the no fun league. I mean, with all the penalties and stuff. But Zeke is at that scary number for me. He's at uh, twenty six, and we we touched on a lot of twenty six year old running backs. But Zeke, I saw a stat the other day, and then I'll give it to you, Jace. But Zeke has twenty three hundred touches in his college career and NFL career, and the next closest, mm-hmm. even Derrick Henry, I think only had about eighteen hundred touches. So. Mm-hmm. Zeke's touched the ball a lot and one bad injury. And I mean, you look at him, he he's never finished below running back 11. So he's been very fortunate with injuries. The only time he was injured was when he was suspended in 2017. So I like Zeke from a redraft perspective, but from a dynasty perspective, I'm staying very clear. Yeah. I think it depends on your team context a little bit. If you build your team and it's more win now, I do think Zeke's got this year in the bag. He has had a lot of carries. We were just talking about those Nick Chubb numbers, and he never got over 300 carries. Zeke has been over 300 carries three times in his uh, five-year career, so 
yeah, he's gotten a lot of work. That's for sure. And especially if you watch the way he runs, he's not a juke out of the way kind of guy. He, he will run you over. So I know he's taken a lot of hard contact over his years in the NFL, but you know, I think heading into this year, there was a really good time to buy his dip and it still might be there because of given just what Max said, how he's kind of out on him in a dynasty perspective. If, if you're win now or like when somewhat next year, like I'm buying Zeke for sure. I think he's definitely got some gas in the tank. I do think he's one of those generational running backs that, that burst in the league when he was 21 and he's just going to keep producing and producing and producing and kind of be a wonder in that aspect. So I still really love Zeke. Um, it's he's very team context dependent. If you got to be win now or win next year for him to really be a target for me, but or for you rather. And um, any other case, yeah, I let him play this season, get his numbers back up, get some of that doubt out of the way, and then yeah, I'd be selling him high. So he's super team context dependent for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, small little fact I wanted to point out before we move on to the next back. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. Again, uh, throw me in the dungeon. You're in there already. <laughs> uh, big time. But Zeke is playing at the lightest he's played since entering the NFL. Mm-hmm. I know the the big knock on Zeke over the last couple of years is he's lost his you know explosion. He doesn't look the same out there, quote unquote. Uh, but maybe playing at that lighter weight will do that for him and ha- let him have a little bit of longevity in this league. Uh, mm-hmm. past the age of 26 jerry can only hope oh yeah so now where's that boy zeke <laughs> just to touch on what you're saying zeke has lost 10 pounds this offseason and um a lot of the football analysts i talk about or listen to they talk about how you'd like your running backs to lose weight to become a little quicker more explosive and you want your wide receivers to gain weight to just further handle the rigors of running routes against these DBs and safeties and stuff like that. So, yeah, going along with what you said, you know, I think him losing this weight and looking as good as he does in hard knocks. I mean, Ugh, I, I, I can't knocks. help. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, you can only take it for what it's worth, but he does look really good. So um, I really moving, do like Zeke. Moving forward, we have the, the second young buck on the list here. Uh, I don't count Saquon as young. I feel like 23 and under is like extremely young. So our next kind of young buck, converted wide receiver, another favorite pick, Mr. Antonio Gibson for Max. Yeah, I mean, if you know me, you know I love Antonio Gibson. I mean, he's basically made me be a Washington football team fan. Mm -hmm. Um, Just watching how he plays, he is very patient, but he's also explosive and he can catch. He really can do it all. And he's got the moves and everything. And I don't know. I really fell in love with him on Thanksgiving, actually. When I was supposed to be watching Zeke, I watched Antonio Gibson absolutely destroy the Cowboys last year for three touchdowns on Thanksgiving. And I think he's flashy. I think he has the skill set. And I think that in that offense with Riverboat Ron leading the way, I think that he can really be like a Christian McCaffrey role, which is I know they want to give him to. Well, you know what back you kind of described there? Who's that? kind of sounds like the old Lev Bell you know it really does I was getting at that <laughs> and Lev Bell when he was in his prime on Pittsburgh and before he did his little thing and rapping and the Jets and everything he was <laughs> one of the best running backs in the NFL he was patient he was explosive he could make moves he could catch the football it's just like Lev Bell and at 23 years old with not many touches I mean he only had last year as he finished as a running back 12 he only had 
170 rushing attempts, and he finished as a top 12 running back. And that was with not a lot of catching volume, all that going to McKissick, too. And with not a whole year. So 23 years old, Antonio Gibson's my favorite player to get. If you can get him for literally, I'd give up just about anything for him. So Look out for the turf toe. Look out for the turf toe, but other than that. That's a nagging injury. Riverboat Ron will send him to the moon. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty much the same way. I was still kind of holding out a little bit of – wondering how much McKissick is still going to be involved in the offense, but I don't know, man, the dude's a converted wide receiver into a running back. So, you know, his, you know, receiving abilities are there. So I I think if you're going to leave it up to anyone to fully unlock him, just like you said, it's riverboat Ron and the offense that he wants to run. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for Gibson too. And, but you know, touchdowns aren't a sticky statistic, you can never really predict that, but the dude jumped in as a rookie and scored 10 touchdowns. So yeah, people might argue he's touchdown reliant or whatever, but the dude was a rookie, you know? So I, I sure he might've gotten a little lucky there, but the fact that he was able to put double digit touchdowns up as a rookie speaks more to me than um, anything else. So I think he's, you know, he's getting used to becoming a running back. He's, he, he proved himself to be good in between the tackles last year. If they fully unlock him, I mean, he has the skill set to do it, but if they fully unlock him, he, he really does have the top five upside that a lot of people talk about. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be very good this year. Uh, outside of statistics, you just can understand when the universe finds its way to something great. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. see him out there and you see him playing, he just looks great and you just don't mm-hmm. know what it is it's it's not that he has he has this insane burst speed it's not that he has this amazing elusiveness it's not that he, he's insanely patient he just has this plethora of skills that come mm-hmm. together that make him look incredible out there and mm-hmm. again looks are deceiving but i think he's going to play incredible this year for washington uh moving on to our next guy not a lot to be said i feel like there's really only one argument against him uh, it's Derek. Uh, there's a couple arguments against him, actually. Uh, Derek Henry at our eighth spot. Again, I understand why everyone's always against him, but I think having him lower than eight is criminal and should be punishable by law. It is punishable. <laughs> well, we'll put him in the dungeon. But when you look at Derek Henry, I know we, we, it's going to be short when we talk about him here because it's really all team context. If you're win now, go out and get the man. You, he can win you another championship. But if not, there's really no need. He's not 26. He's 27. So an old 27, an a, old, a couple 2000 yard season, 27. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and 300 Jay, touch 27. I'll let Jace touch on the numbers of that, but he's very old. He's still got it, but they brought in Julio. So he's got to get his feed too. And they lost their offensive coordinator. So the signs aren't pointing in good directions. And then Jace, tell us the fun facts about him. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out too is, I don't know if everyone remembers, but DeMarco Murray was there when Derrick Henry was there and we were waiting for him to be fully unlocked. So um, the first three years of his Derrick Henry's career, here's his rushing totals year by year. So in 2016, he had 110 rushes. In 2017, he had 176 rushes. And then 2018, he bumped it up to 215 rushes. And then um, when he really bumped it up is 2019 and 2020, so the past two years, 303 rushes in 2019 and 378 rushes um, in 2020. So that's crazy. 378. A lot, lot of touches. But the one thing I wanted to, to, to really harp on was that 
I really don't know if there's that much wear and tear on him because of those first three years. Um, he didn't even combine for 300 rushes in his first two years and this, his third year was only 215. So I do definitely think he has something left, but at the same time, I went and looked at the um, seven, well, it's now eight, Derrick Henry, the eighth um, 2000 yard rusher in NFL history. So I looked at the seven prior and I came to a couple of conclusions. So six of the seven running backs that rushed over 2000 yards had a decrease in carries the following season. And the average decrease in carries across all seven backs was a decrease in 104.3 carries. Um, seven out of seven running backs had a decrease in yardage and the average decrease in yardage across all seven backs was um, 948.7 yards. And then lastly, um, all seven of these running backs also had a decrease in touchdowns the following season. And that average decrease in touchdown, which I've said earlier, is not a sticky stat, not that predictable, but it, the average was a loss in seven touchdowns. So history is truly not on Derrick Henry's side. And, you know, he might be a completely different beast and a completely different animal, but history has proven that these guys that go over 2000 yards see quite a drastic uh, decrease in the three main statistical categories that you see with a running back. So um it's scary, but if you are win now, just like Max said, he's super context dependent. But if you're win now, go get him. He I, he might decrease a little bit, but he is Derrick Henry at the day, and he provides just like Nick Chubb that phenomenal touchdown upside from week to week. You know, us here at the Dynasty Monarchy, we we love Derrick Henry because his nickname is King Henry. King. But there's really mm-hmm. only three kings around here, and that's us. So. <laughs> hey, look! Right. Every king has their. They got to make sure that crown stays fitted on his head and you know one false turn on the football field that that thing's gonna fall off we're taking mm-hmm. real quick we're taking it right to our chain and running away with that mm-hmm. uh and again I, i'm not gonna harp on it he's derrick henry go figure it out i'm sure somebody in your dynasty league does not want to bag hold that man so mm-hmm. if you got a little bit of young talent you're willing to part ways with for the year and can survive without just go get him it, mm-hmm, it's not a sure. thing to do. Uh, moving forward, uh, these last couple here, we're not going to give an insane amount of analysis. Uh, they're all pretty even on our list, uh, but we have uh, the next backup, Aaron Jones. Uh, there is a little bit of discrepancy here with Aaron Jones, uh, me having him at the 12, Max having him at the 11, and Jace having him at an 8 over overall Mm -hmm. for running backs uh so jace walk us through that a little bit yeah i just you know a lot of it's based on what his stock's gonna do uh, or at least what i think it's gonna do heading into this upcoming season you got aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams they're back and you know he's such a good pass catcher in ppr and now jamal williams who was eating at some of that pass catching volume is out i'm not worried about aj Dillon becoming you know, the scat back in that offense. So I think he really does have potential to truly unlock himself and become the three down back that we've always wanted to. So, you know, I have him ranked so high because if you're win now, I think he's a great piece for your team. And if he starts out really hot this year and starts going crazy, like I think he's going to do, and you're not a contender, you can sell him for a King's ransom. So the dude's been a touchdown monster since he's entered the league. I know he's a little older. He's turning 28. Um, this or no, no, 27 this upcoming season. That's a little if he scary. Was turning but 20, if he was turning 28, get him off my top. 20. Oh, my, right, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If he was turning 28, he would be off the train 
ticketless, homeless. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. he'd be, but he it couldn't would not even be work. Good. I wouldn't let him work. No, hundred percent not. And considering the fact that they just gave him four years, forty-four million, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy to me. And real quick, while we're on him, just great I'm, agent, by the way. Yeah, great agent mm-hmm. for sure. But while we're wrapping him up. Aaron Rodgers is going to leave next year. Devontae Adams is going to oh, leave next year. Adams so. is gone. They got to win the Super Bowl for them to stay. 100%. And if you think Aaron Jones is going to be worth much next year without those two, I just I don't see it happening. So that's I will say, for, though, he might. Guys, Jordan Love, he's <laughs> oh, really good. You know, Jordan Love. And so is, uh, what's his name? A.J. Dillon. So they can move yeah. on from all of them. I don't know. I, the one thing about his age, too, just real quick while I'm looking at it, the dude's never been over 240 carries in his career. So, you know, the age, it, he is older, but the, I remember earlier in 2017, 20 or through 2019, we were just begging for him to be fully unlocked. And um, I think the time is now and it's happened and it's only been over the past two years. So I think he's still got plenty left. And if all those guys leave, I do think he'll become the, the focal point of that offense. So um, 13 guys in the box. Yeah, I mean that might be the case, but you know, there's not even 13 guys on the field. But that I don't know. I'm chasing. I'm chasing the volume, though. <laughs> you know, I mean, the same argument can be could have been made about James Robinson last year, and on a terrible team with no weapons and no quarterback, and that dude was still phenomenal. So I'm chasing volume, and I think it'll be there for a couple of years. Yeah, but you know, James Robinson was fighting for a contract. He was undrafted. Like he wanted to make the bread. Whereas Aaron Jones, he's got nothing to play for. He just got a bag. He got guaranteed money. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean, other than it, personal pride, but, you know, I don't know if any pride, of these guys It's about that second bag. He's not he's getting that no, second no, bag. No, we'll move on. He's, he's oh, he triggers me. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Aaron Jones uh, fan. I love him in redraft leagues. Love him for this year. Uh, he's another one of those guys, but I feel like if you're going to go out and get a stud, go out and get Derrick Henry, uh, where you know there's that guaranteed uh, touch, like running touches that he's mm-hmm. going to get. I I just am a little bit less bullish on Aaron Jones than Henry. And if you're going to pay the same price, somebody's freaking out about Derrick Henry out there and you can get him for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, we have uh, Mr. Mixon. Mm. Joe Mixon out of the Bengals. Uh, we have him at respectively 11 for myself, 10 for Jace and 13 for Max. So a little bit more of the discrepancy where the other ones earlier, we were always off by one or two at the most. This is where it's starting to open up a little bit more in our rankings. Yeah. I mean, I'm lowest on Joe Mix, not everyone. Uh, I'm just going to make it quick and short because these guys, like I said, they're all similar, but Joe Mixon, I think he's made a glass. We give him an opportunity every year and he just continues to let us down. So he's the procrastinator. It's always next year. He'll be good. Always next year. And we, you know, we always give him a chance and you know what? He's on my dynasty team. So, you know, I'm giving him another chance. So that's what I got to say about Joe glass Mixon. Yeah. I I'm the highest out of everyone. I have him at 10 and, you know, I just think with geo leaving, this is the year. Like if you're going to buy into him, I think this is the year to do it, especially given his ADP and stuff, because people really do that. I mean, I partially believe it as well that he is made out of glass and he's going to get injured at some point, but I I think the opportunity is there for him. I know it's a bad offensive line, but like I said, he's going to be the primary pass catcher out of the backfield. It looks like, so I'm chasing the volume there. I'm crossing my fingers. He stays healthy, but the dude is 24 years old. I believe turning maybe turning 25 this season, but regardless, still a young dude stepping into a young offense that I believe is going to be down a lot. 
you know, you would think that's bad, but I think he's going to be catching plenty of passes from Joe Burrow. If those, uh, those D line guys are getting in the backfield quick, he's going to have to check it down to somebody and that guy's mixing. So I still really love him. I've been burned by him plenty of times in the past, but you know, I'm going back to the well one more time. Yeah. My only problem is when you look at your lineup and you see Joe Mixon as your number one back on your team or like, you just you just got that ugh face. Little wince, yeah. Little I'm just wince. glad he's my number three running back. Ooh, oh yeah, that's nice. nice. Little flex, little flex. Little Let flex. me see. Let me see the flex. If I wanted to put him in, I have to. If not, you know, I got other options. Yeah, he's flexing on his flex, huh? That's what that's it sounds right. like. Flexing to me. on the flex. <laughs> haters. No, but I just get this little wince. I'm not a huge yeah. Joe Mixon guy. He's always hurt, and I know you're not supposed to look at past seasons and really like scorch guys over them but he's burnt me one too many times uh i'm just i'm i feel like there's better options out there there is to take in Mm -hmm. that kind of adp range uh if you're in our league and you're listening come get him he's pretty he's pretty cheap so oh yeah uh so last but not least we have our 12th consensus running back here uh there was a little cause for concern. We had a tie in the averages and we decided to go with the younger gun and he has never taken a snap in the NFL, but he's also 23, which gave us a little cause for concern. We're going to talk about Najee Harris for our 12th overall running back. Yeah. I'll kick us off here. Uh, there's really not much you can say about his NFL performance because there is none, but 23 years old, coming out of Alabama. I mean, we saw what he did throughout the Pro Bowl or through the bowl games and stuff like that. The guy is very talented. He's gifted. He was drafted in the first round for a reason. Jace talks about opportunity all the time. This guy has more opportunity than probably Joe Mixon, honestly. Pittsburgh's line's not Mm -hmm. the best, but he's going to be on the field. They're going to feed him the rock, and Mike Tomlin loves a workhorse running back. So Three down back. With all that in mind and his age and where they drafted him, I think the sky's the limit for Najee. And I try to get him anywhere I can, but sadly, Mike Walko in our league just he takes him and he, he just, hoards him. He hoards him. Jonathan Taylor hoarded. I mean, it's tough to get players sometimes, but that's how I feel about Najee. Yeah, I'm much the same. I'm going to keep it pretty brief on him. The offensive line's gross. Big Ben, pretty gross from a dynasty outlook. But at the end of the day, they spend a lot of draft capital on him. Mike Tomlin loves his three down backs. So, I'm chasing the volume with Najee Harris. He's, you know, 23 years old. You'd like to see him break into the league a little earlier, but uh, I mean, just given the situation, they're just going to feed him the rock. And um, I really don't have a whole lot of bad to say about him, to be honest. I think he's just a young prospect that you want on your team. That's going to be eating up a lot of volume over the next few years. The one thing that I will add though, is that he probably has the best backup quarterback in the league playing on his team and Dwayne Haskins. So oh, Simba. No, it's like Mason Rudolph. Ew, no, 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 no. That's Simba. Simba to the moon. This is a Simba podcast. Oh, we love Simba. We're big. Simba uh, fans, so, well, speak so, for yourselves. Dwayne Haskins. So, we love Simba. Yeah. We, uh, hop on. We ordered a on. mystery Jersey <laughs> box from pristine auction. We did. And it Design was jersey. a former Washington football team uniform. I won't say the, the no, terrible no. R word yeah. on the air. Uh, it was a it was a Haskins jersey. We were so appalled by the Native American imagery that we sent it back. We did. We sent it back. There were, but it was sadly, it, yeah. sadly, we sent it back. It was cracked, so we sent it back. We got a refund. But Simba shares a special place in our yeah. Heart, so. Simba Simba will always hold our college dorm house together for the two days it was there. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but that is basically going to do it. I'll just say one more thing on Najee. He is very young, but at the end of the day, he's not very young. You're going to, mm-hmm. he's a year younger than Saquon. Think about that. Th- think about he's that. He's a year second. older than Clyde, too. He's so. a year older than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does have that age factor working against him, but I think he's going to get that workload in Pittsburgh. Like, nobody's seen for a long time mm-hmm. uh and i think he's a no doubter at number one overall in your dynasty uh dynasty drafts and if you think he'll fall to number two trade up as fast as you can wow. uh, mm-hmm. this is for the rookie draft by the way fade chase so fade chase yeah fade let, chase. let the clown pick him at 101 that's right that's right three drops today look terrible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know they're gonna sound clip this somebody's gonna sound clip this and like Oh, well, 10 years when we'll Chase be canceled is, yeah when Chase is no up no numbers. I'm taking receipts <laughs> no 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 when he's the wide receiver too and T's out there balling I'm, I'm taking receipts right now I've been on uh, this train for a while all right well I think that's about to wrap us up Jace I think you have a closing quote from the kingdom here I do let me pull it up here this one is from Napoleon and this this quote says public opinion is the ther- is the thermometer a monarch should constantly consult so kind of why I think this is so relevant is if you're on Twitter and you're on fantasy football Twitter and you, you, you talk a lot with fantasy football buddies, you got to pay attention to what the public opinion is um, around these players. That's where all your sell high and buy low windows are. So check out what the public opinion is and make your decisions. So Devonta Smith, actually, just to bring it back to the, for example, Personally, I'm still really high on the guy and I'm not taking too much stock into the preseason just because the guy's such an elite separator and such a great talent in my eyes. But listen to public opinion. If people are, you know, throwing him on the back of the train, this is a great buy low or yeah, great buy low window for you. So just pay attention to what everyone else is thinking um, compared to what you think and make your make your decisions. Yeah, you definitely make your own bet in, in fantasy. Now, uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's nobody else to blame except yourself. So when you hit big, you hit big on yourself. And when you lose big, it's everybody else's fault. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like a true monarch would, would say, right? Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to be all from us. Remember, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Thank you. Give us a, uh, I know, a little spelling lesson here. Uh, give you a little shout out on Twitter if you, or on the podcast, if you send us a DM with a question, we'll compile them all together for a future show. Uh, and we'll answer it right on the air. Uh, remember to follow us on Apple Pod, Spotify, or wherever you get to hear our lovely voices. Uh, and with that being said, peace out, you guys. See you next time. Peace out, yeah, boys. Yeah, take it easy. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!